This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. do like an hour. Do you think an hour? <laughs> I know. I'm not great with insects. I mean, I think I'd stay positive for a week or so uh, and then I'd be done. That's Daisy Edgar Jones and I discussing how long we think we'd survive on the marshlands of North Carolina as her character Kaya, the orphan child, does in the global bestseller and new film adaptation of Where the Crawdads Sing. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential and this interview with the wonderful Daisy Edgar-Jones. She says she'd survive about a week, but I would not underestimate Daisy Edgar-Jones. At 24, she's already wowed audiences and critics in some really interesting roles. She's been working since she was a teen, but she really burst into major stardom during the pandemic in the adaptation of Sally Rooney's coming-of-age story, Normal People. And now we're only halfway through 2022, and she's playing three really interesting characters. One in the Sundance favorite Fresh, which is a black comedy horror film about the modern dating scene and a young woman who ends up in a cannibal cult. She stars with Andrew Garfield in the TV series Under the Banner of Heaven, which is a true crime drama about a murder in a Mormon community. And now as Kaya in Where the Crawdads Sing, a young girl abandoned and caring for herself in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina, suspected of murder of a man she was once involved with. In town, they tell the story of the marsh girl, the one who grew up alone in the wild but they never really knew me. Like most stories, the facts don't weigh into it. I didn't know how to do life. You didn't see me here. I was better off learning from the marsh. Hello, Miss Kyle. I hear y'all by muscles. No, they never did see me here. The marsh taught me how to survive but it couldn't teach me everything. You can't live alone in the marsh forever. Watch me. All right. It's dangerous to live out here alone like this. I'm fine. You're something else, ain't you? Miss Catherine Clark is charged with the murder of Chase Andrews. Prosecution has announced it will seek the death penalty. I'm going to get out of here, one way or the other. I started by asking Daisy Edgar Jones about Kaya, one of a few survivors she's played this year, and what drew her to this character. I think Kaya, you know, is such a, a an exciting character to get your teeth into as an actor because she... She's under this extreme circumstance, you know, she lives in this marshland and has been isolated from such a young age and then um, is placed in this environment that's so hostile with the, the courtroom and um, and being accused of, obviously, of murder. And so there's just a lot to, to, to play with there, really, because 
she's a multitude of things. She's a very resilient and strong person, but she's also incredibly gentle and quiet and curious. And so as an actor, it's fun to, to find all those different qualities. You've also worked with some incredible filmmakers from Mimi Cave to Olivia Newman, of course, not to miss Sally Rooney um, and her voice. Is working with women something you've looked for when you've... I think I've always just looked for, for really brilliant filmmakers that I'm inspired by and I feel excited that a lot of um, them happen to be women and that women are being able to take up that space a little bit more now and I hope soon it won't be a remarkable thing that women are behind the camera in a multitude of ways um, in in lots of roles and leadership roles um, I hope it will just become normal that there are there is representation in you know in every way behind the camera so it's it's very exciting and, and I also it's fun to have worked with filmmakers at the beginning of their career too you know both Livy had made a film prior to Crawdads, but this is her first sort of big studio, and, and Mimi, it was her first feature. It's very fun to work with filmmakers at the beginning and, and be with them on that journey, as I'm in the beginning of my career too. Reese Witherspoon is the producer on this one, and I mean, she's by now a multi-hyphenate mogul. <laughs> she's one of the most powerful people in Hollywood at the moment, but she also has book clubs and all this. There must be a catch somewhere. She's like three people at once. But she's also a Southern belle from Louisiana, where this was filmed. Did she talk to you about sort of the Southern aura? Well, it was so fun. Reese came to visit us on set, and I grew up watching Reese um, as a child, so it was very surreal to meet her and very exciting. Um, but then there was also like a hope that she would be okay with my accent, which I think she was. But it was really exciting to get her insight. She had such a clear idea of that story and that character, and and also like what we were talking about before with um, women taking up that space a bit more. You know, what she's done with Hello Sunshine and her production company is really um, exciting and important because she really does want to put um, complicated women at the forefront of her stories and then also empower them behind the camera too, which is so important. And what did she talk to you about the South? I mean, the Deep South is a very particular place. It's beautiful, but I suppose it's a harsh place to film as well. It certainly was. It's not the easiest environment to film in, that, that marshland in particular, you know, which it, it was really helpful to actually be there because Kaya as a character has such a love and respect for that environment um, and learns so much about the world and, and her relationship with people through her observations of nature. Um, in particular, that kind of, um, I guess that, that, that nature has no judgment. It's just, there's no sort of right or wrong or fairness. It's just survival, really. And uh, I guess being treated with such hostility and judgment by the people in town, there's a safety in that with her relationship with nature. I think you've mastered like three or four English dialects <laughs> at this point. Talk about working on the Southern one, because that's very specific. It was specific, which actually I found um, really helpful and a lot easier than the general American sound, which I also had to oh, do. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. because in the UK where I'm from, you can walk 20 minutes up the road and have an entirely different dialect. And we're very good at hearing that and, and also understanding a little about someone initially just from the way they speak. Whereas in America... In particular areas, you obviously have that very strong regional sound, but you also have such thing as a general American or a, a general sound, which we don't really have. So I, I think the North Carolina being sp so specific, it was easier to hear it and catch it and tune my mouth into those shapes rather than trying to actually work out what is different about the general American. Okay, so it was more of a study, so to yeah. speak. And how long do you think you would survive? I'd, I'd, I'd do like 
an hour. Do you think an hour? <laughs> I know. I'm not great with insects. I mean, I think I'd stay positive for a week or so uh, and then I'd be done. Reese would be like for a week. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is also about the power of education and about reading very much so. And I'm Alison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I read about you that you started working so early and when all your friends started going to uni, you really wanted to sort of keep with education and you worked with, with your education through podcasts. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, I, I think that's such a, a, an interesting point, which I haven't really talked about, which I love, which is, is the power and the gift of education and reading and how it can help you understand. It and opens also, her whole life. It really. does, totally. And the ripple effect is huge. And also, I think reading is the best way to gain empathy because you can understand that you're not alone in the way you feel, but also you can enter into somebody else's inner life and, and, and read about a, a, an upbringing or some, an experience that you might not have had being where you're from. So it's so important. Um, and yeah, I guess when I was um, 18, I, I, I got into university and I was debating whether to go, but I, I'd already had a couple of lucky breaks with acting. So I, I didn't know whether it was sensible to take myself out of auditioning and things like that. So I decided not to. And I did the open university for a little bit where mm -hmm. you do sort of at home study. More Zoom. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> more, more video online. But um, but then yeah, listening to podcasts and reading. I guess I just always hoped that I would be able to like hold my own with my friends who had gone off. And oh, I'm sure. You do. <laughs> but what were you reading? What what interests you? Gosh, well, a mixture. I mean, at the time it was art history, um, and and sort of yeah, I found, always found that very interesting because it 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 takes you into lots of different. Um, re like arenas of study like you can learn about kind of architecture and how mm -hmm. that's influenced the city and um, time period and things like that so it was art history at that point um, but then I like yeah I love a psychology podcast I, lo I love it all a mixture. <laughs> Reading this book I'm not sure exactly at what point it came to you had you read it long before or was it when you were thinking of doing? It was during um, auditioning so mm -hmm. it was actually a strangely cyclical experience because I in 2019 had got a job on a series called War of the Worlds and got my audition through for Normal People and was reading Normal People desperately. Well, wow, that's three different genres in one. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading Normal People like on, you know, in a car, doing a car chase scene, like trying to read Normal People and then my friend Bio auditioned and played Connell in my self-tape. And then a year later, I was on set of series two of War of the Worlds got Crawdads, was reading Crawdads on a spaceship and like my friend Bio played Tate and Chase. So I, I owe my whole career to Bio um, and also seemingly uh, War of the Worlds. I get very lucky when I'm on that job when okay. it comes to novel adaptations, it would seem. <laughs> I understand that you really want to play a villain. I'd love to play, I guess, a, a mixture. Like I, I think I, I would love to play characters that are very different from ones I've done before. And um, I guess I've never played someone just purely evil. Um, although I wonder, yeah, I, it's it would just be fun to play somebody very, very different from me. And do you know what you're going to do next? Yeah, there's a, a few projects that I have lined up, but nothing that's been announced. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. I have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, 
That's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Okay. <laughs> Put all our hopes in finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? Now, that was from the movie Fresh, a really dark comedy about the modern dating scene and, should we say, the meat market. Um, what appealed to you about that role? I think um, I think I just, I, I found Noah, I, I, I hadn't really, I began mostly in comedy um, when I was younger and there was something, I found the script incredibly funny. I mean, it's absurd at times and quite shocking, but it made me laugh a lot in a way that like I would laugh at a scene and then feel bad for laughing because of the, you know, the um, the context. But um, yeah, I just, I'd never read a script like it and I thought it would be a fun one to do really. I thought it was really interesting to see these two films so close to each other because I find these women to be real survivors. They seem, they start off they're in very difficult situations, but no one is going to get to them. That appeals to you, I guess. That experience of feeling underestimated or underestimating yourself. And I don't know if that maybe is also quite a female experience of, you know, not always feeling like, you know, you belong or in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a circumstance or, or have the strength to overcome it. And I wonder if, if that maybe is why. Um, and I also like that idea of like a character that you wouldn't expect to be the one that would survive a situation like that and how when you're put in that moment, how you are able to overcome it and, and whether you can, you know. There's a piece of advice you got that I read about. Um, I think it was your father that said it and it was about not about taking things seriously, but not too much or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think um, the, the the phrase that or the piece of advice I got, which really stuck stuck with me, was um, take it seriously but wear it lightly. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's and a I, great piece of it's advice. Great. <laughs> and it really works in life too. Like, you know, take something really seriously, work really hard, try and throw everything at it, but also wear it lightly. It might not go the way you expected. It might not work out exactly how you planned, but you also might really enjoy it and have fun and feel playful and creative and 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 enjoy the experience it doesn't always have to be heavy and so um I guess with certain characters particularly the ones I played last year were all in quite extreme stressful yes. circumstances if I were to take all of that on I I don't think I'd be very well so um, would be a no, bad year <laughs> I wouldn't be in a great place so I think being able to um, have a laugh where you can and and jump into it and fall heavily into it f between action and cut and then come right out and be be pleasant to be around as well, you know. It feels like people are usually method when it comes to playing characters that are not always that nice. It would be fun to be method if your character was just cheerful all the time. <laughs> well, that sounds like a wonderful way to be. I don't think all, all actors are like that, so yeah, it's <laughs> good to have you on. <laughs> good to take that into life too. What are you hoping that this film, how will it resonate, particularly to young women? I think there's many themes within the story that... Um, that you know can resonate widely, especially with young women. I think I think a character like Kaya, in many ways, um, is really important to see on screen. I think her her strength and her 
um, her ability to stand up for herself and her resilience. Um, but I also hope audiences, you know, there's a lot uh, in the story that's um, quite exciting and unexpected too. So I hope they're left with a feeling of like... Yeah, there's quite a few twists. Yeah. It's a nice romance. Yeah. So do you get to be in Reese book club now? I think so. I, I hope so. <laughs> I need to give her some book... Re well, I need to get... She's great to get recommendations off. So, um, but yeah. I, yeah, I'd be calling her. <laughs> Thank you so much, Daisy. Thank you. Thank you for nice to chat to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Daisy Edgar-Jones and catch Where the Crawdad Sings in theaters. This is Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.